Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here with not one, but two special guests from the Adventures in Ideology Pod. It's... Lindsay! And Mitch. <laughs> and Mitch! <laughs> two for the price of one, and not the two we had last time. Exactly. But we have caught them all, I believe. <laughs> yes, aside from the secret member, but... <laughs> oh, oh, the secret member. It's yeah, you, it's, it's the audience, the whole time. <laughs> oh, man, it is, it's a delight to have you folks here. Um, so we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with Lindsay first because she introduced herself first. Um, what's, what's your Odyssey origin story? How did how, you wind up here <laughs> to where we are talking about Adventures in Odyssey on a podcast? Oh, man. Um, Adventures in Odyssey was a massive part of my childhood. I was not able to fall asleep without listening to an episode of Adventures in Odyssey for a long, long time. The tape, the tapes, Speaking you my know. Language. Not, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I listened to so many i mean i haven't listened to the more recent ones if they're still making them i don't really know um unfortunately they are okay yeah and i love them i adored them massive crush on jason um i always thought okay i always thought that might be a first for the podcast oh really oh yeah oh yeah i love not a first i have a crush on jason (laughs) to be fair who does not have a crush i mean his voice as far as being you know right his voice just so smooth i'm like Mm -hmm. he is definitely hot i mean i have no idea but for sure telling wit well so he goes through a weird (laughs) he goes through a weird soul patch phase if you look at the official art but aside from that i haven't seen that he does he does yes yeah and then i also (laughs) always thought he and connie should get together um Uh uh-huh not the only one many fan fictions were written (laughs) yes oh yeah okay by nobody present here (laughs) so yeah uh yeah i listened to so many adventures in odyssey and i love them and now it is a you know completely different story after deconstructing my whole life and Mm -hmm. uh you know if my parents only knew they would be so so heartbroken so they don't know that i'm doing this so don't tell (laughs) okay you hear that, Trap Squad? Don't, don't, don't tell. Don't tell Lindsay's parents. No doxing the guests to so their stays parents. Between you, yeah, no, ex- exactly. You will be you can dox to other people, just not the parents. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's. I mean, that's 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 good stuff. Were you? So, what was the cutoff point? Because obviously, you now are listening to Adventures in Odyssey for your own podcast, yeah. but for what I assume was a period of time, there was no Odyssey? Oh, yeah. I mean, I probably (laughs) stopped listening at some point, like, in my teen years or early teens, and I just didn't listen to them for years, and it wasn't until uh, Candace and Karis actually started doing Adventures in Ideology, I'm pretty sure that's when I started listening to episodes again, and it is so weird to listen to them (laughs) after, like, you know, a decade or two of not listening to them. It's just... Uh, you know in a completely different mindset like as a child they're just fun and like so good and as a grown-up you're like oh like (laughs) (laughs) exactly i would yeah no that's fair yeah oh man uh all right mitch your turn on the hot seat what's what what's the story give us give us the Uh, well i had a little quiet laugh inside when Lindsay was talking about not being able to sleep without listening to episodes because that's how i uh started listening uh my mom got adventures in odyssey cassettes for me as part of the 
constant rotation of audio cassettes she was getting to try to either get me to go to sleep or at least have something to keep me distracted while I was not sleeping, which was all the time. So I listened to a lot uh, and kind of would binge through them over the course of a night because never sleeping is a defining characteristic in my life. Um, And it was an interesting cross perspective for me because uh, I grew up attending an Anglican church, uh, so uh, Episcopalian to... uh, Okay. People in the U.S. of A. Uh, and the theology uh, that my the priest at my home church presented uh, was very different from uh, Dr. James Dobson's uh, evangelical. Uh, I, I don't say this lightly, you know, like may, maybe a little bit quasi-fascist sometimes uh, vision <laughs> of things. Um, Oh, oh, you think you think Dr. James Dobson is quasi-fascist? <laughs> quasi generous. <laughs> the quasi comes in because Mr. he spanks your kids not. into. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mister Mister spank your kids into submission. Oh yeah, definitely yep. had a fascist yep. streak. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was really curious about Hitler. I, I was reading some of his stuff earlier today, and uh, I, I just went down a wiki rabbit hole while I was uh, looking up stuff on Jason Whitaker uh, for no reason. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Adventures in Odyssey was a part of my childhood. I kept listening into my teenage, my early teenage years, uh, because I then further intersected with uh, evangelical Christianity through Bible camp and going to the evangelical church where the girls were once I got interested in girls. Mm. Ah. Uh, evangelicals do got the yes. girls, I must <laughs> say. I've, I've traveled to many a denomination. <laughs> Most, mostly they just have people... Respectfully. Uh, <laughs> ...under the age of 80, which is a feature what? you don't get in the oldest Anglican church in town. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works out. Yep. Oh, man. <clears throat> That's... Uh, so, favorite episodes of Odyssey, like, highlights, things that just, like, when when you think about Odyssey, specific moments that come to your mind immediately, just so I get, like, a frame of reference of... Or, yeah, or defining crushes, you know? Oh, defining well, crushes. Well, we're going to be... Uh, Most traumatic Imagination with... Station episode. <laughs> we're going to be kind of interacting with uh, what was probably my not-known-at-the-time defining crush of the show, uh, who, who was Eugene. Uh, uh-huh. And we're also probably going to be coming in on some of the last adventures in odyssey i listened to the thing is is that i was so young listening to these and i was so very very tired uh that the stories (laughs) are completely lodged in my subconscious such that i don't really remember things and i definitely thought Uh that i hadn't listened this far until i was listening to the episode and then i instantly remembered all of it (laughs) <laughs> yeah i have i have had that experience doing this show where we're like we're gonna cover one that we've never talked about or that i've never listened to before and then i'm listening and i'm like oh i do know this yeah. one don't i <laughs> i that's embarrassing that is way more recent than i expected it to be yeah 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 <sighs> yeah i've listened to this one too uh 
I don't know when, but it was, you know, some phrases that they say were just familiar. I can't think of one that I, I, I did like the Imagination Station one when, um, I don't know who traveled. I think Connie traveled to like Nazareth when Jesus was born. I think mm-hmm. it's both Connie and Eugene in that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but. I think I, I remember liking that one and then like Mary gives birth and then the lady's like, we need an apple for her mouth. And like, just I just remember random like little <laughs> phrases and just like, <sighs> there's one with like Connie teaching Eugene how to drive and she's like, we turn the key away from us. And yeah. like, my sister and I still quote that to each other if we're just, I mean, we live very far away from each other, but if we're ever in the same vehicle together, we'll like quote things like that just random Aww. random stuff yeah <laughs> so cute so fun <laughs> oh man well with all this foreshadowing i feel like we've got to we've got to get to the chase we are talking about episode 366 which is solitary refinement a, a kind of a wild title <laughs> yeah i mean a wild episode like yeah. compared to all of odyssey the one where they spend extended period of time talking about silence is like i mean i don't think that really happens again yeah when is eugene ever actually solitary in this episode <laughs> Never. Yeah. Like, well, it's the problem that it's an audio medium. <laughs> He's always got Jesus right. with him, Lindsay. Right. <laughs> yes. And is a, that you? Yeah. Jesus and his dream girlfriend. Oh. That was the worst. We'll get into it. <laughs> oh man, this is this is an episode that first came out uh, November sixteenth of nineteen ninety six. Um. It is, it's off the uh, Welcome Home album following uh, John Avery Whitaker's Return to Odyssey. Um, we've we've got we've to welcome him back, and what better way to do that than with an episode centered around a monastery? Mm-hmm. Nothing says community fellowship like a monastery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in, in some ways, yes, but also... It, you know, in, in some ways, yeah. Uh, like uh, monastic orders do show up in um, cities as well. They have little, uh, gosh, what are they mm-hmm. called? Is it priories or? Anyways, there there was one on my block actually uh, about a decade ago of Franciscans just kind of mm. growing it up together in a house. Nice. Uh, that sounds like a dream. They held good parties. <laughs> I bet they did. Friend, I mean, oh, yeah, I've got good experience with that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew's a hit with the monks. <laughs> we're hearing. Find me a hoot. <laughs> they love my soup recipes. <laughs> oh man, um, the uh, the one the one weird note I have from the um, well, I have a couple notes from from Adventures in Odyssey, the official guide. Um, including that this episode was originally called Eugene's Enlightening um, mm. and ended with him joining the monastery, um, which, spoiler alert, is not what happens in this episode. <laughs> so did they, ch- they changed it so he originally did join the yeah. monastery? Yeah. So the first draft, so the episode, if you're like listening to the audio, or if you're like listening to Chris's outro, it's credited to Paul McCusker with Phil Waller as the director, but there's a note in here that the first draft of it was written like a year prior by Dave Arnold. 
actually exploring what if Eugene went to a monastery and like actually joined and then they decided not to do that um because they had bigger plans for Eugene mm. and so they they scrapped that piece of it but kept it and I guess there is a one the only okay actually this will this will be a good question there's one scene from that original draft that makes it in to the actual episode try and guess which one you'll be wrong is it the flashback where they're all chanting about him uh, extending his sentence? Yeah. <laughs> all right, I don't like you. Yes, yes, that is yes. the one that held over. I, I, I just, I, I like the fact that like that shadow that that sat on the shelf for a year, and then they were like, "We got to put this in an episode. This is too good to sleep that, on." That's, I, I, hmm. I agree. <laughs> I think it's kind of peak comedy. I don't know. It, it's good bits, and it's interesting because I was looking at this uh, episode on the wiki, and also uh, that dream sequence segment apparently did not show up in the first airing. Uh, they put it back in later. Oh. Uh, so I'm also wondering if, uh, with the title change away from enlightening and taking out. Uh, that, that I wonder if there was some behind the scenes brinksmanship as well about not wanting the episode to sound too uh, Catholic uh, <laughs> I, yeah. it was a thing I thought I about you. in a couple mm -hmm. moments but also Paul McCusker is famously now Catholic so <laughs> is he really was he always Catholic he, no no so he he if you track him over the years went from pretty mainstream evangelical to like lutheran then anglican and now catholic oh my god so goodness. he really like climbed the church hierarchy there wow that makes so much sense for paul though <laughs> to the point where he He's now an explorer. is he, he gonna become makes, a monk i i mean Fingers probably crossed. i think i i don't I don't want to sound ignorant. He has a wife and kids. Okay. Are you allowed to be a monk at that point? I don't think so. I think you have to be Because that's celibate. Right. That was my assumption right. as well. But then I was like, I don't know what the rules of monks are, except for in pop culture. Right. Might, yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to be celibate. It might depend on the order. Uh, the Franciscans are very chill. They <laughs> might. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you were already married, then maybe. Yeah. Mm. But, but yeah, so it's... To, yeah, but Paul McCusker is Catholic to the extent that now he makes Catholic audio dramas about saints. Holy smokes, that's crazy. Huh. It really is. I I have, like, that... That's on, like, the bucket list of, like, I should, Morbid like, curiosity. listen to those yeah. and you should cover them. But also, who would possibly enjoy that content? I have questions about how many of those saints are going to have an important woman die to teach them a lesson <laughs> because this is paul mccusker Speaking right you know <laughs> it is also one of them is not a saint but is robin hood okay but it's Classic still produced saint. by the catholic church so okay all right pope francis I, I i i don't know i not in my exposure to Robin Hood, but you never know. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that uh, nonsensical digression. Um, 
I don't know. Is there anything else we feel like we gotta we gotta really hit up the top off the top here, or is it time to talk about the actual meat and potatoes of this episode? Can we talk about how many women are in this episode? Oh yeah, please. Uh, can you give me a you know what, Lindsay, as the token woman yes, of this podcast, yes. <laughs> uh, can you give me a rundown of all the of all the female characters, please? Um, let me think. One in a dream. So in reality, zero. Everyone now, else I would is a like man. To, as the man here, I would like to point out that there is another woman mentioned. Oh, mentioned. Who was mentioned? Who was it? <laughs> oh, it was the uh, it was the old widow Emma Douglas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who says How that he has to go forget. over to her house oh, briefly. Well, I mean, then for sure we'll count we'll count it as two. Might as well. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. And. <laughs> Yeah, and all of Katrina's scenes didn't center around a romantic relationship, so that right. counts double. <laughs> that made me so freaking mad. I'm like, at the end, when you realize it's a dream, I'm like, she's not even really here. That pissed me off so much. Yeah, yeah it's... There's some stuff happening in this episode, and I can't wait to get into it. But uh, first, let's listen to the promo. Solitude. Mutual confession. The practice of silence. On the next Adventures in Odyssey, Eugene wants to take a crack at all three. Sure, he misses Katrina, but that's not it. There's a deep hunger that's putting him up to it. Eugene is considering joining a monastery. But getting alone with God has its own kind of company. Find out who on the next Adventures in Odyssey. ever been exposed to the promos before (laughs) i have not heard that kind of a promo i think i always just heard chris oh you're missing out no (laughs) wow there's a whole different promo guy for a large portion of the show and he makes choices so many strange ones (laughs) but it is kind of like the fun game of how disconnected and wacky is this promo compared to the actual episode Yep. I feel like they're oh, all like goodness. that. The promos, like even when Chris talks yeah. at the beginning and end of episodes, I'm like, yeah. what does this have to do with anything to do with the episode? <laughs> like it's just so yeah. disconnected. Why, why, why do you speak now? Why, why do <laughs> you bring up yeah. the Psalms? Oh, especially, especially in the early episodes yeah. where it's just like Chris is on an island yeah. and the rest of the show is happening around her. Yeah. Um, Actually, with with that transition to uh, uh, much later episodes than what we're used to covering, oh, uh, yeah. I, I missed Chris. I missed the <laughs> nonsensical exoplot wedged in that doesn't really connect up. Uh, I missed that. Did you miss hey, Bible trivia? Because that's my favorite Chris feature in those early episodes. Oh, yeah. Did you pay attention? <laughs> That's We're, right. It was Paul. Right. <laughs> I'm going to set this up at the beginning of the episode, and then you're going to listen to 20 minutes that have nothing to do with this. And at the end, I'll be like, you're right. It was Paul. <laughs> oh, my heavens. What if it's all Honestly, I was Honestly, I was a sucker for that kind of easy answer validation as a kid. It's like, haha, yes, I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, noticing. I don't know, that's a very Eugene thing to say there, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so the episode starts out with Eugene uh, totally zoned out as Bernard rambles on about something. 
We don't know what. And Bernard doesn't feel the point to bring it up again. <laughs> That's true. It's just it's it's just dead in the water. Yeah. But the uh the, the, the big thing we need to set up here is that Eugene wants to go to a monastery because he feels he is spiritually immature. Mm-hmm. I mean there are worse tactics, I guess, right? <laughs> I I have a question though. Uh-huh. What is what does that mean? <laughs> it means that he only became a Christian like an album ago, <laughs> and we have to now develop his character. I I think that what it means is he didn't have a problem until his girlfriend dumped him and gave him a reason. And now he's thinking that that's a problem. That's oh, my oh, pet you, theory. You, you think? <laughs> this is so many breakups in Christianity. Be? Like, oh my it's God. like, yes. oh, we broke. I've never been a part of a single one of them. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> For some reason, I don't believe you, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, they break up and then it's like, oh, yeah, because I want to be more connected to Jesus. I want Jesus to be my mm-hmm. boyfriend. I want Jesus to be my whatever it is. And it's just stupid. Like, as if you can't have both, I guess, if that's well, your thing. Well, and I think that I feel like oftentimes when they say that they want to do that, in reality, what it looks like is something much more practically attainable inside of a relationship as well. Like, it really had nothing to do with it. It more so had to do with, I want to take some time to focus on myself and prioritizing, like, accomplishing my goals. Yeah. And, like, whatever that looks like spiritually or, you know, physically or w- whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, evangelical culture has this weird not-therapy culture mumbo-jumbo mm-hmm. of how we have to deal with this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, right. if you you're breaking you up with say... somebody, it's got to be because God wants right. it Right, exactly. Right. You can't say, I need to work on myself. You say, I need to work on my relationship with God, and you should too. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they also God. have the weird not-dating culture, oh. because that's how I got dumped for Jesus <laughs> in, in high school, was my, my girlfriend had just read I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Oh, oh wow. I'm so sorry. Decided decided that we should not be dating that you should instead uh, be then, courting well, I, I, but she didn't fra- she didn't phrase it that way to me uh, <laughs> she just had unspoken expectations so it, from my perspective I'm dumped and then this girl who just dumped me keeps hanging around me and flirting with me and I was <sighs> so it was actually very bad for my mental yeah, health yeah no I that, that would what be was going I can understand unpleasant. why <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and just not because I'm bitter or anything but just establishing I'm trying to remember the timeline here Katrina has dumped Eugene for Jesus twice now right correct oh, really? yeah. so yeah okay. she dumps Eugene because he isn't a Christian mm-hmm. when she becomes one. Mm-hmm. And then, once he is also a Christian, I think, I don't know that they're ever officially together, really, but there's the assumption of, like, well, now things will work, and then she slams the door on him. Mm-hmm. And that's where we find ourselves in this episode, right? Yep. This is post the door slam. The The, the previous episode is her, um, is, like, Eugene in Chicago trying to break up something that he believes to be is her engagement to another man. Oh. They, they go back to that well, too? 
Yep, that is that is where that is where we are prior to this episode, and now we come into this episode. Because yeah, you see, a woman can't have her own desires for herself or her own fulfillment. The biggest threat to you as a man is uh, another man. That's that's clearly the problem right. here. Yeah, suppress it. It because sounds like I, Katrina I, isn't submitting to to, uh, to the men in her life. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you know that he's the he's the shepherd of the family? Oh yeah. He's got that fancy staff. You don't have the staff. Right. I know I know for me, my husband is for sure above me in the hierarchy. Uh you know you and know using the umbrella. Yeah, the oh yeah. Uh, on our podcast we'd like to say that the penis is the antenna through which the man hears God's will for the family. <laughs> Well, you know, I couldn't have put it better myself. That's, that's Some would just right call there. it post nut clarity, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> oh, that's delightful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so the whole right, the whole crux of this episode is that Eugene believes that because he can no longer be with Katrina, he needs to go become a monk. And everyone around him tells him, no, just go back to being with Katrina. <laughs> Don't a definitely cool and healthy thing to do, um, given the circumstance. Also as if it's his choice. Right. right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, she's a woman, so if he wants her, he can have her, right? <sighs> it's not technically her body right <laughs> it's the mm-hmm. state's body uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so dark so dark no one's crying oh, no I'll, I'll, I'll cry um but there's there's this exchange where this is one of those like classic odyssey like not only are there no women in this episode but there are also no children mm-hmm. and so we have we have the scene where, like, Eugene explains to Bernard what spiritual disciplines are. Mm-hmm. So That's that the great. children listening understand what they are. Mm-hmm. But also, not really. He's just kind of like, fasting, mutual confession. Like, a bunch of stuff that I'm like, okay, as an adult, I understand what that is. But as a child listening, what would that mean to you? Well, yeah, you could recognize it as a Bible word, but... Beyond that. I don't know. When I was little, I knew I, fasting from the time. If you grow up in the church, you know what fasting is from the time you're so little. So something like that. But fair. like mutual confession, I don't know if I would understand that. But that's something, another thing that's like, we need to gatekeep each other's sins, you guys. You have to have an accountability partner so you can tell each other every week how you screwed up and how you're a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Mm, and, and then you also, get to both I mean, agree on it. Yeah. <laughs> and also brag about being, you know, brag about getting laid. But oh. I didn't act like, oh, it was so terrible, you know. <laughs> yes. The, yeah, the stumble yep. brag. Yeah. I'm just a slave <laughs> yep. to my <laughs> flesh. That's so good. I did oh. not coin that term. Uh, that, that that credit goes to the Good Christian Fun podcast. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they, they, are, they are the originators mm-hmm. of the stumble brag, and I am stumble just here brag. mooching. Nice. But. It's it, it, a great it term. is excellent. Yeah. I think about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh. As as far as other quirks of this being uh, allegedly children's programming, as someone who's had to you know deal with the consequences of like 
eating disorders in people's lives. I think it actually is kind of irresponsible to just throw out the idea of fasting making you spiritually powerful mm. with no context or elaboration and then just moving mm. on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Let's just tell all these children that not eating will make them closer to God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. No, no, no problems will come from that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No. That's a great point. So, funny story uh my uh same high school girlfriend who uh dumped me because she wanted to be courted and then never told me that uh passed out in school once from uh spiritual fasting yeah not good no. not not good, good. No. Also, not a good time also not good wow yeah the most pleasant stories coming up on this episode as you know adventures and odyssey brings out in all of us yeah well, I mean, I would say that that is a fair point to talk about just between all of us. Has anybody here actually tried fasting or meditation in any form? Because that's a big theme of this episode. Oh, yeah. I have done fasting. There was like, was it the 40-hour famine or something? Do you guys remember that? Oh, oh I did. Yeah, yeah I, so, I did that. I did that. <laughs> so I did that to like raise money. And then I remember my fast was over at like 4 a.m. So I woke up and had like a bun beside my bed and I like ate the bun. <laughs> and, I like, and I was, I don't know, young, either early teens or tween or something like that. But I've also, um, I have also fasted, like, thinking that I felt like I should before I became mm-hmm. a missionary. And then I have also uh, had a forced fast when I was a missionary, um, a three-day forced fast, which at the time was, uh, we were like, we we're all like, okay, yeah, cool, we'll fast for three days. And now I'm like, wow, that was a forced fast and should never have been put upon any yeah, let me us. just starve you yeah. involuntarily. Right. Yeah, and it was just another one of those things, like at the beginning of missionary training school, because I was a missionary for two years, and now look mm-hmm. where I am. But um, <laughs> but it prepared you perfectly for this. Podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. beautifully. Yeah. And I don't know, it just like it was one of those things, like yeah, we're gonna fast, and then you're, you're gonna get all you know, confess all your sins again, write your sins on paper and then burn it. It's you know, one of those things you've done a million times if you grew up in the Christian tr- evangelical mm-hmm. church. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just a ma- way of manipulation, if you ask me, especially if you're forced to do it. Like, yeah, you're going to start mm-hmm. confessing and saying crazy things when you're starving. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then I've meditated and, I mean, I've prayed my whole life and then just, like, meditated, you know, here and there for funsies so for funsies yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you Mitch? for for my for my part i have actually been to a silent retreat at a monastery oh, wow. uh interestingly enough i've gone several times and uh it was uh and Anglican weekend borrowing the services of a Catholic monastery because there's only Catholic monk orders. Right. Uh, (laughs) This episode goes to great lengths to try and pretend that it's just a generic ecumenical (laughs) non-denominational monastery. An evangelical uh, monastery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. The only monastic orders are Catholic or Orthodox. Um, uh, Anyway, interestingly, I uh, went on these after I was no longer a Christian and I still, you know, got something out of relaxing and having a silent time out in beautiful nature. The uh, the monastery is at a very beautiful place in the foothills of the mountains, uh, and it was just nice. I listened to the monks speak about theological stuff that I 
uh, still had a lot of, uh, how, how can I put it, uh, knowledge and interest in, but it no longer uh, had the same kind of tenor in my life. Yeah, so it, was a, yeah. it was an interesting perspective. It was mm -hmm. kind of a retrospective, really. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. a little bit more academic. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very interesting. What about you, Dylan? <laughs> I have not participated in any of these disciplines. So I guess I am just as spiritually immature as Eugene. But the only time I have done fasting is when I am too stressed and too busy and I just skip meals. Which is not a good strategy. But, you know, maybe it's making me closer to God. Um <laughs> When you're stressed out, Additionally, yeah, nothing like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's when my connection to the big man is the yeah. best. <laughs> that's actually something I want to circle back to, because I do want to talk about why Eugene is here in the first place. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Put a pin in that Wonderful. one. Wonderful. <laughs> uh -huh. um, uh, and then as far as the other ones go, the, the two-way confession, never been a strong suit for me. Solitude, once again, never self-imposed, but sometimes I am just alone and sad about it. Um, I'm never sad it comes... about being alone, obviously. <laughs> I love solitude. Oh, man, no. Uh, big old extrovert over oh, here. Okay. Um, so it's it's a problem. But, you know, what can you do? And, uh, and regarding silence, I host a podcast. So uh, also not my strong suit. There you go. Uh, so yeah, you know, maybe I so, should we'll consider maybe this. I should book some time yeah. at the monastery. You know, we can consider maybe this just... right now your mutual confession. You're confessing to us oh. that you're Ooh. that you're not great at solitude. Yeah, yeah there you go. Wow. So wow, look at look that. At you. If I confess one off the list. that I'm not good at confessing, yes, that's there pretty you good. Go. You're, that you're already more spiritual. Man, <laughs> just feeling that connection grow. Yep. Oh, I, I will say uh, the the silent retreat is really good for a weekend. Don't do the overdo it thing. I knew someone who went on a Buddhist uh, silent retreat for an entire month, and it was catastrophically destructive for their mental health. Uh, you 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 should you should ease into the spiritual enlightenment. Really, yeah. Yeah, mm. I can see that. Yeah, that so makes a I, lot of sense, I, though. I don't think I could do a day, so. <laughs> I I would have such a hard time. I mean, is, does talking to yourself count? According to this episode, no. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I Although would say he's before doing this more episode. of the solitary part than the silent part. Right. <clears throat> yeah. He talks to nature, I... flowers. Yeah. All that good stuff. Which I don't, yeah. Like, that's something that I could see myself doing on a retreat and not necessarily feeling like it's leading me away from my goal. Yeah. Um, Andrew, it's not cheating, no. Your spiritual disciplines, Andrew. Where, where, where I like at? them. <laughs> uh, I like... Yeah, you're, so, you've always been more... Um, I don't, regimented seems like the wrong word. No, because like, that's you, not true at all. <laughs> I, know, I know it's not regimented, but like you're, you're. No, I like the tangible practices of faith. Mm. I would say that, like, I do Great appreciate statement. that. I like, uh, you know, the sacraments, but I also love meditation. And um, like, I got into meditation in high school just out of like curiosity for it. I have a lot of anxiety, and I thought it was like it would help for that. And then, uh, obviously, like 
but being evangelical, I knew that some Christians meditated, but it was never really talked about much. <laughs> um, and so then as I got older, I got a little bit more into it and understanding kind of its roots and, uh, you know, in the Christian faith, um, going back to like, you know, the, the first church and everything, as well as like what it does for your brain. Um, cause I'm in school for like psychology and all of that. So, you know, I have a little bit of understanding of the clinical benefits of you know what meditation does for your body uh yeah so i would say definitely meditation i'm a big fan of um on the occasion that i go to a quaker friends meeting i do really like the silent worship where you just all sit mm. uh <laughs> sit in a circle quietly until somebody is led by the spirit to stand up thankfully i haven't been in a at a meeting where that's been bad like somebody stands up and shares something horrible uh, well they're but... called friends how bad yeah, can it be? I... yeah. <laughs> well, fingers crossed not that bad but <laughs> yeah jury's still out i'm not making any judgment calls hmm. um yeah so i would say that i especially si- uh silence and meditation has become increasingly more valuable to me as i've gotten older for sure just because like even growing up within the evangelical world there's so much noise of like we have to yell louder than the culture and yes to take the exact opposite approach where it's like what if we just don't yell at all what about that and and how that just yeah i mean it hits my brain from the other side and i think yeah it it challenges me in a good way I, so I can't help but think with the, with Eugene's, like, being like, I gotta, like, you know, put all, like, get into all of this, all these disciplines, whatever, being, like, fairly new Christian, also going through this crazy thing, it does feel like, I'm of two minds about it. On one hand, it feels kind of like the, like, his intellectual academic character being like how do i intellectualize this faith thing that Mm -hmm. i'm doing the flip Mm -hmm. side of it is it also feels very i mean it's also very emotionally driven which isn't necessarily something you associate with academic science man so Mm -hmm. it's an interesting blend that they do for his character that i think like despite the circumstances being uncomfortable um it it is like i don't know there there is some essence of the character as he, we've seen him that is still like held on to in this episode mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like oh man this is just like wild makes no sense out of left field it's like it's more or less internally consistent it's just maybe misguided I'm I'm not quite so sure because I I think that um, I mean I, I as a as a personal polemic thing like philosophically I think that yeah. rationality is mostly just a uh, a kind of fake idea that people use to 
kind of try and give themselves legitimacy like mm. you're emotional i'm not and that's something that you know uh, as a younger man i was definitely guilty of and i think it's something as a character uh eugene is guilty of and i think that uh to give credit where it's due there is potential for this to be a very constructive character beat i, I don't think that they quite thread the needle mm. on that in this episode but for eugene to realize that like his emotions and how they affect him are a healthy part of himself that is always there and that uh, he isn't pure, uh, disconnected, cerebral, cold rationality, uh, that his emotions are actually a part of how he thinks and a part of his intelligence, uh, but they don't quite get there. Yeah. Well, and it's something we've been talking about through all of these episodes with Eugene and Katrina is this idea of like, she is a character who the writers insert into the show to like give Eugene some humanity <laughs> where it's mm -hmm. like it is like she has to exist in order for him to one like become like less of a robot mm -hmm. and then two the natural conclusion of oh he's no longer a robot is great now we can make him a Christian mm. and like that all feels very like whether you can you know debate about how how much they were intending that to be and how much just kind of happened through the writing process but i definitely think she's a character to soften and humanize him as <laughs> most women characters and in adventures and odyssey are honestly like what is why are the women characters there besides maybe connie who also becomes a christian like well everyone has well, to and wit's just surrounded by dead women Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Always. I mean, yeah. They haunt he him. Is, he, he is God, and yeah, uh -huh. he too was yeah <laughs> propelled forward because of all the dead females in his life. Like. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh. Credit where credits due. I believe we did. We did get the. Uh, which is surrounded by dead women thing from your co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're doing a count to uh, see how many how many women they kill off in the episodes so <laughs> so far i don't know if any what men have adventure. died but yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man but they've learned so many important right. lessons. so many right. lessons well, <laughs> roughly one an episode all right and because you know the woman is part of you know the wife is part of her husband the men have died in a way right right of course uh -huh. yes because they are one so I mean, really, they're the ones who suffer. Um, I, I, I also, like, apart from the complementarianism crap, uh, I also question whether a uh, female counterpart or even a romantic counterpart uh, for Eugene, who definitely confused little uh, bisexual younger me, read as uh, a viable romance. Um, <laughs> That's so but, cute. But, uh, <laughs> Backpedaling a little, uh, Eugene's bits with Bernard are uh, are so strong. Uh, like in, in the opening of this episode, nuts and bolts wise, I absolutely love how Bernard shows just absolute scathing contempt and hatred for everything about Eugene <laughs> while looking out for his well-being at the exact same time. Yep. Uh, and, and the way that Eugene fires back with like the coldly simmering sarcasm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. That's a needle they thread. Yeah. 
I will say. <laughs> McCusker has good comedy chops. Like, yeah. overall, his jokes tend to land pretty well for me. And the whole, like, imaginary monastery scene is absolutely wild and kind of delightful <laughs> with wit as the friar and brother bernard the cleansed yeah and this whole begging, and the people uh, like the monks coming at the Eugene. yeah in the background yes. yeah which i think and i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure all the monks humming are just dave madden like his voice doubled <laughs> Who's the voice That's of good. Bernard? Like it really it does, does sound yeah. like an army of Bernards <laughs> yeah. making the sound. And if that's not the case, I'm. It still sounded good, so I can't be too upset. But yeah. I'm really, really choosing to was, believe that. I that thought that was, was a choice. That like, that I thought was, that was yeah. intended. <laughs> I, I I'm choosing to say that it is. Okay. Um, but but who knows? It's it's always always a question when it comes to Odyssey. The, I will say that that scene is surprisingly long, which yeah. also kind of makes sense with that context you gave of it being cut from the episode mm-hmm. because yeah. it just goes on. It does. I Bernard mean, it, like begging to not have to hear Eugene's voice, and I was like, they definitely could have like not had this be like a five beat joke. Yeah, like why? <laughs> It might be more I, I than five. Love that. <laughs> I, I, I love it when they spend valuable word count and airtime just dragging out the joke. Uh, I I I, re- I personally really enjoy that. So that was probably one of the highlights of this for me. Even though it was it was a little canned, mm-hmm. um, it it were it still worked for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm realizing I just gave credit to McCusker for his comedic chops, but that whole scene was written by Dave Arnold. So. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> Our true hero. The true hero. Uh, and yeah, that, that whole thing ends with the beautiful punchline of Eugene finally gets to talk again after his six months of silence. <laughs> and what does he have but six months of journals that he begins to read? Amen. <laughs> I mean, got a lot of thoughts. They had to go somewhere. Might as well write them down. I mean, I never journal more than when I am outside of my own house, so yeah. I feel like that checks out. I'm pretty sure they were scrolls. Don't you hear them unraveling? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great sound yeah. decision. <laughs> oh, man. You also have the, uh, you also have Friar Wit say that order is not democracy. Mm, to Bernard? This, this order is not a democracy because they can't, like, them voting right. cannot sway the decision-making right. of God. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, of I, all I, the stances in this episode, God, I, sure. I, I'm game with that one. <laughs> Tell that to oh, every... Just gonna... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're good. I was gonna say, tell that to every... A church in the United States and Canada that it's so yeah. political everything so political you have to vote you have a board you've got all of this R- right ridiculous. that's kind of what I'm getting at yeah we're also it's like it's also a weird like it does feel like it does have more of a high church feel to it um which like the whole mm-hmm. monastery thing kind of necessitates but it is funny with this yeah mm-hmm. just extremely 
evangelical in all the worst ways <laughs> show that this is like to to be to, to lean so hard into mm. that aspect of it um and, and that was so fascinating for me uh to have uh adventures in odyssey and focus in the family dabbling in these kind of high church ideas when uh by default temperament uh i always considered that sort of thing to be very hostile to the sort of church environment i was raised in like we used to come out of church services to pamphlets put under our windshields about how Catholics aren't real Christians, which they didn't even do their research because we weren't Catholics, but whatever. <laughs> uh, that was awful. <laughs> One pamphlet fits all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's, a, there's another note in the official guide from McCusker saying that this was inspired by a silent prayer retreat that he did, um, that he's writing uh. from his own experience <laughs> in a lot of that. Which also, once again, the man who then becomes Catholic. There you go. Like, you're seeing the seeds of, yeah. like, his, yeah, his desire towards the high church, even planted back in, back in this episode. Yeah, 96, right? Nope. Oh, my heavens. Yeah, this is a... Yes, Mitch? Anything you'd like to share with so the class? I'm I'm wondering uh, when when Paul McCusker went on this silent retreat. Did he also have a dream in which his wife told him that she was wrong and he was great? You know, maybe because that scene is surprisingly sexually charged. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! I'm glad mm -hmm. you said that too because she I was like, she comes into his bedroom while he's like asleep. In yeah. a dream, and is like very, very like speaking just talking in, a soft in a very soothing voice. Oh voice and affirming him throughout. And I was just like, "Wow, <laughs> I kind of can't believe that and this then... is the tone they decided to strike." Yes. Katrina removes the black vest and <laughs> the Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> I like it, yeah. and that they was... know each other as one flesh in front of the campfire. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I'm glad you guys were, thought that was sexual too, because as I was listening, I was like, "What? This is a little weird." So I'm just like, Katrina shows up so they can do it. That's what I wrote in my notes. Yeah, no, I mean, that, is, that is really what it feels. Oh my like. goodness, yeah. Okay, and so one of the discussion questions for this episode is: Am I jumping the gun? On no, this? no, do it, no, do it, go hit, for it. Hit me, hit okay. me with the discussion okay. question. I love it. Uh, 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 a discussion question is who do you think was actually speaking in the dream and from the way the show has staged it because Eugene is going and being told that he needs to practice these spiritual disciplines to know the mind of God I think that we attentive children are just supposed to say God is talking to Eugene in his dream and uh, that raises a lot of questions God is horny <laughs> Specifically for Eugene. For <laughs> Which, Eugene. As we've discussed, fair enough. Which, you know, fair enough. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it... It is... Well, and that's also... That's one of those questions where it's like... There's only one answer that you're going to allow, so I guess it has to be God? Like, who do you think was actually speaking in the dream? That, that's not an open-ended question. Yeah. Prometheus. Like, are you supposed to say, oh, it was Eugene's, like, own internal thought? Because that's not the way this thing works. 
I mean, if you've ever been to Sunday school, the answer is always Jesus. Exactly. That's, that's what or, I was Or, because it is affirming him and, uh, like, loving relationships, you could say that it's Satan manifesting himself as a woman oh. to tempt him away <laughs> oh, from Christ. this is secretly a oh, tempter there's, scene. There's, uh, <laughs> You're supposed to join the psychology. monastery. I do like yeah. that angle. That's a great angle. <laughs> This is great because it also means that then later wit is a vehicle for the devil. And I'm, yep. you know, we've <laughs> been saying it for a long time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and I mean, speaking of everybody showing up at the monastery, uh, wit and Jack both make an appearance at this unnamed, newly uh, established monastery. Well, what are you talking about, Andrew? It's Oak Hills Monastery and Retreat Center outside of Mapleton. We've always known that. We have always known that. It's right on our maps. Not how they name monasteries. It's named for a saint. Every yeah. monastery is named <laughs> yeah. for a saint. Can you imagine Yellowstone Monastery? <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. What, what, saint, what saint should we name this monastery for? Are there any saints named in the show? I don't know. Can we just call it, like, the Monastery of Jezebel since, uh... <laughs> there it is! Since, since he did dream about Katrina, who is apparently uh-huh. now the temptress, and as we all know, all wi- all women are evil Jezebel, Satan, Satan, uh, I don't know. Oh, we didn't eat the Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no, but, but the woman gave it to us. Who are we to refuse? Right, and men have no control over. It's men have no now. control over their bodies. I forgot. Yep. Yeah. yep. Famously. Yes. Oh, man, not under the eyes of the law. Um. So. Uh, um, <laughs> Onwards and upwards. The the whole wit subplot is that is that Wit has come back from the Middle East and now the missions board wants to send him out to traverse the world and, you know, be uh, like a, I don't know, give pep talks to all the missionaries (laughs) at different locations. And so his whole subplot, like the B plot, that's like barely even a B plot because it's like a scene and a half but is wit like debating about like oh man i should go do this but i'm too busy to actually spend time thinking about this um so he is also going to learn the lesson of sometimes you just need to slow down and go to a uh accurately named monastery (laughs) appropriately named monastery right uh there was something that kind of struck a chord with me here because this is almost, and of course they fake it out because there's no consequences or anything, but this is almost a fallible wit moment. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Where he's working too hard, he's tired, people are concerned for him, but it never leads to him like making a mistake mm-hmm. or overextending himself or double booking an appointment or letting anyone down or anything. It's just a vehicle to get him in the same space as uh, as Eugene. And, and I think that that's kind of a shame because that's something that c- could bear talking about for these uh you know larger than life 
uh, figures who seem to be always going and always on the go. Uh, like in in activism work, it's like every other conversation is always about overcommitting and burnout, and you're talking about how not to do too much and wear yourself out. And I think that that could be like good messaging mm. for children's programming, but no, in, instead, wit is just. Uh, Invincible. <laughs> yeah, and this is like the whole when when Hal Smith passes and they go through that period without a wit. We mm-hmm. get Jason and Jack as what if wit was fallible in two very specific ways, and so we get that for a while, and then we kind of with when Hurlinger comes back in as wit, it is almost a return to normalcy. Though I have we have found that he tends to be a little bit more human in that like in these later episodes than especially in the ones that you guys have been in um on your show where he is it's he's really inseparable from god and they have pivoted hard back towards that in recent years but oh no um but there is there's at least a bit of an era where he's got some flaws Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. is right this is kind of the amount like the amount that they all allow him to be flawed is he is not he is not using his time well and they are or he is not yeah prioritizing things well and they're willing to draw attention to that but then not explore it much and it just kind of gets fixed by like actually it gets fixed by bernard and jason plotting which is a weird a a weird moment well, and I think it's interesting the way that he talks about it because his when he's confronted uh, about like going away and spending time at the monastery, he says like, "Well, I can't argue with you about that," and that is very much like a wit response where it's like, if there was a solid argument against it for me to not change, I would take it. But because it's about God and I can't really <laughs> say you're wrong and I shouldn't do that. Um, so he, he's kind of strong-armed in that position. And it's really Bernard is the only one that's <laughs> able to get through to him because it's his jab about the bags under his eyes not being used for groceries uh, that, like actually sticks and they give it like a solid i want to say second and a half two seconds to just land and stew in that (laughs) before wit says anything Mm -hmm. in response i just think it's an interesting example of like yeah they'll they'll let wit be kind of fallible like a little Mm -hmm. bit like oh celebrities have pimples too you might get carried away surgery (laughs) yeah or if he does make a mistake, it's always resolved. Like, I'm thinking of the episode where he gets a speeding ticket. Do you know that? <laughs> and it was the oh, officer's fault? It was, no, it, it wasn't. No, it it's was, not the officer's fault. It was his fault. tires. The... His tires. He yes. got his tires changed, and that alternated the speed of his vehicle somehow. So he, he pleaded guilty, he... but he was unintentionally guilty. So he was actually innocent in his own, like, he was innocent because he didn't intentionally speed. So there's Lindsay, always... I think about that constantly. <laughs> Anytime there is Whenever anything speed, involving, into- involving tire pressure, <laughs> new tires, I'm always just like, how is this going to affect my speedometer? I know. Yeah. I don't want to get into the wind situation. That is... Uh, yeah. I know, right? Oh, what, what an episode. <laughs> um, we'll have you back for that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, we can talk about all of our various speeding tickets. Not that I have any. Um, uh, Andrew and I, I didn't get pulled over together. Oh. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Dylan. Oh, no, no. I can't tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for another time. You know, I'm, I'm well, we, we can leave if you need to. <laughs> it's not nearly as interesting as what it, it sounds. It was hilarious as to how innocent Dylan and I were, considering everything, and it was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the... I, I, I did a bad job and hit the, uh, hit the rumble strip pretty hard, and then didn't pull off well, and the, uh, the... So some of the police officer... <laughs> pulled me over and then i was confused as to why i was being pulled over and then due to that confusion uh he thought i was intoxicated so i got breathalyzed and had to do the eye thing it was a whole adventure oh my gosh Um, that'd be so embarrassing yeah and i was stone cold sober so that (laughs) was just me being bad at driving i've never been pulled over and i think i would cry just i think i would just be so terrified it's a good strategy honestly I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't think it works for me, but I'm, right, <laughs> I'll, I'll try it next time. I'm sure. I'm sure women get away with it more than men do if they uh, start to cry. Unfortunately, I don't know. Andrew, Andrew can cry pretty well. So. I, I, I'm an ugly crier. Like I'll full <laughs> heave and sob, and the I'm just so sorry. <laughs> and then, yeah, then maybe though, maybe though. <laughs> forget to mail me my yeah. ticket you just make him so uncomfortable he's like never mind go home get some sleep yeah, like, yeah. So, <laughs> this guy's clearly going yeah. through it i just start reading by the code journals. of masculinity <laughs> i have to pretend this never happened so i'm unable to charge you <laughs> oh it's good it's good oh man um man we are all over the place but the 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 main so we have this thing where eugene upon arriving at the monastery immediately runs into jack oh because the monk is like oh wait you know wit then there's someone else here you'll know because of course yeah because everyone uh-huh. wit knows everybody everyone knows <laughs> wit and and then and then Jack is there. He has a cabin that is almost going to be named after him. He comes to this place all the time, including during the Blackard stuff. And this was totally established before this episode. Wink, wink. Definitely. Yeah, I love how they just throw stuff in there as makeup crap. <laughs> like, right. Like, let's just let's just let's just flush out our world a little yeah, bit. You know, yeah. it's weird if we just bring up that there's a monastery now. So it's been there forever. Yeah. One of our, one of our, you know, our main character, it's, you know, is known by name. And another character goes there every weekend. And yeah, it's, it's quite the thing. And yeah, there's just this whole back and forth where Eugene, or Eugene talks with the monk, uh, brother James, about like, hey, maybe I want to permanently join here. And the monk's like, well you know take the weekend then we'll talk and he then he you know eugene goes to jack and he says the same thing and jack's like look man that takes a very clear calling are you just doing this because of katrina 
which is an excellent call out and like i appreciate eugene recoiling in the way that he does because he's very polite in a way that i can relate to where it's like i resent you for that for saying that i did this for such and such reason that i totally did do it for but i don't want to acknowledge that oh man and then yeah there's this whole whole thing and yeah eugene's just struggling to be silent and yeah. he, he's he, he he's like hanging on to jack till the last possible second and jack's like look i came here to be alone so <laughs> properly like get out of here man and and then uh yeah eugene eugene's talking to himself about how he doesn't talk to himself because it is an audio show and we don't have an episode unless he talks to himself but also this would be me (laughs) very much seeing myself in eugene struggling with silence well, something I took issue with here is that Eugene is so stressed about doing it wrong, mm-hmm. but like there there actually isn't a, a doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're on a silent retreat and you need to talk to yourself, you just do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and, and that's the only way to really get to silent contemplation. It's just like if you're meditating, the way to get into a peaceful, cleared mind state is not to like fight with each of your thoughts and be screaming at it to go away. You just see it. Mm-hmm you accept it and you move on mm-hmm. you know yeah. um, and that. they kind of missed the boat and didn't understand that yeah. um, no, no. <laughs> clearly Paul McCusker did not have as enlightening of a silent retreat as he thought he did <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get it maybe he needed another Yeah. Uh, I mean he wasn't a Catholic yet so clearly right. there was still some more work to be done in God's timing <laughs> yeah. yeah that's such a thing i mean i i appreciated jack being like um don't get discouraged because it's going to be way harder than you think it's going to be like yeah there there is a certain i would say this episode exemplifies it pretty clearly of all these people kind of resenting eugene but still like wanting the best for him (laughs) and being like yeah you know what you figure it Mm -hmm. out but also kind of shut up a little bit (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I kind of felt bad for Eugene in this episode. I'm like, everyone just thinks he's mm-hmm. he's like the annoying person that everyone tolerates but wants to get rid of, like can only handle for a few minutes at a time. Which is like my deepest, darkest fear. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. always like, oh no, am I that person? Am I talking too much? Am I talking too much in this episode? Am oh, I no. talking too little? I'm being a bad, my bad host? <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, just, just to tell you, you're, oh, you're doing great. Oh, great, great! I needed. That's what I was actually doing. <laughs> yeah. there, I was fishing for the affirmation. Yeah. There's, there's, there's all a validation. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but, but yeah. Uh, so he decides to spend the night, mm-hmm. and immediate or er, an imaginary Katrina shows up in his room. And I didn't even realize that this is the way I wrote it, but my notes literally say imaginary with a question mark katrina shows up in his room next line in his room (laughs) like i was really i was really hung up on that and then she immediately starts to blame herself 
just fulfilling all of his fantasy. Mm-hmm. Wish it, fulfillment. <laughs> it does go on long enough that you are kind of like, wait, maybe it's not a dream? Yeah, it does. And and not only wish fulfillment, but also catharsis. Like Eugene mm. straight up says he resents the complexities of their relationship, as he well should. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it. I mean, it certainly hasn't been straightforward, and communication is not really either of their strengths, despite knowing all the words. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's, that's the whole, like, that whole exchange is just, just such a crazy swing for this show yeah. that is normally both so rooted in reality but also not like it doesn't it's rare that adventures in odyssey expresses spirituality in this manner like i don't get the feeling that like james dobson is like a big like and the lord speaks to me in my dreams Mm -hmm. kind of guy yeah he feels Mm -hmm. like uh and i stared at this book for hours and it gave me all the answers Mm -hmm. Isn't it great when books do that? (laughs) But as far as, like, Paul McCusker, and not to harp on this, but Paul McCusker and his relationship with women goes... Uh, like reading reading the psychology of Eugene in this is that, like, this is definitely Eugene giving himself a break in his mind, right? Like, and and who, who amongst us has not had a bad breakup or a bad setback in a relationship and then you have a dream where everything is fine oh yeah right for like, sure well, that 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 is a very real thing in in this episode it's a very real thing that is happening except by the terms of the episode what we're supposed to think is not that this is eugene mm. talking doing self-talk in his sleep but that it's actually god speaking to him and that's what makes this really i i mean i know we're circ i'm circling back on this but man well yeah but uh, but it's like it's the big thing to talk about in this episode truly because yeah, yeah. it is right and it's that question that we that's in the discussion guide that we hit on earlier of like who was speaking in the dream and it was like well the answer you're fishing for is god but the answer that i am wanting to give you is Eugene. Okay, and, and what's so destructive about this is this leads directly into the God says we should be dating mm-hmm. sort of attitude. Because you you have men having modeled to them, yeah, just God will talk to you in your dreams and tell you that you're okay and his perfect boy and that that woman is sorry and that she will come back to you. Right. Thumbs yeah. up. Right. right. This, this relationship that ended because... I wanted it to be romantic and this person didn't. Now it's like, well, subconsciously, I think that it should have been romantic. And because it's unconscious thought, it must be coming from God. So I should actually pursue this relationship. And boy, is that scary. (laughs) Yeah. No, it is. It's really frustrating. And I... I would say that, at least for me personally, a big part of my deconstruction journey began with 
the idea of total depravity and people being completely bad to their core um and just like just the idea that you can't trust yourself like your feelings are not um like you shouldn't validate them like those are just uh the flesh talking like shut them up you gotta listen to god um and it's such a a big problem that i have i would say with the way that um contemporary christianity discusses mental health and and what it what actually um altering you know your cognitive behaviors looks like like i yeah it's it's incredibly frustrating because they go to the opposite end of the spectrum from restoring connection to your body and a sense of groundedness and and identity um to get rid of your identity completely and focus on something that you can't concretely uh experience i mean you can you can have illusions of it and connections to it but you know you can't yeah like yeah god doesn't shiver when it gets cold let's just say that yeah, that that is such a good insight because like Eugene has this thing where he thinks of himself as rational and struggles with his emotions because he thinks of himself as severed from them and above them. And you have the same problem in the kind of Neoplatonism that mm. runs through evangelical Christianity and, and other. Uh, I mean, historically, it's plagued. It's it's been a problem. Sure, where, you know, God is rational and good, and uh, you know. Uh, unphysical and your your body and your feelings and your needs are corporeal and flawed imperfect and evil yep. and lies right and and so and yeah in, in eugene's uh cerebral and how he thinks of himself character he is mirroring that right like he's yep. modeling that yeah. yeah well and it's this episode's coming to at a point like your 90s your early 2000s Christianity, especially in the evangelical sense, has such a, and I mean, it continues through to today, but it has such an emphasis on everything. We have to be able to explain it all. Let's take the mystery yes. out of faith. Let's prove it all with science. The, I mean, yeah, Jordan Peterson's still doing things in this vein today of like the, of the... Not very well. No, I, I, trust me, I agree. But like the, the idea of like, oh man, like church, church is great. Like you should be able to like respect church even if you don't, even if there's not a God behind it. And I'm like, I have a lot of hurt feelings and friends who uh, would say otherwise, but sure, go off, I guess. <laughs> like it, yeah, it. It is one of the most frustrating aspects of the modern church is this obsession with being right and things being provable when it's like, it's literally called faith. <laughs> if you're taking that, like, if you can fully rationalize it, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Exactly. And if the rational is what's selling you on it, you've really gone off the rails yeah like yeah well you're just missing out for, for sure like like that's kind of my uh litmus test n now for like as a as a former believer i'm not automatically hostile to matters of faith but my measuring stick for stuff 
with regards to like the problem of evil it's like if you think you've got a really good answer for the problem of evil i'm very suspicious of you if you're mm-hmm. a believer and your answer to the problem of evil is well i don't know i'm like okay yeah okay you're fine you're yeah yeah fine. <laughs> normal human doesn't have all answers good job <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah if it's not if that is not an issue that you are wrestling with regardless of like what your faith looks like if you are not wrestling with that issue and you just have peace with it like tweet who are me. you <laughs> <laughs> no, i need don't to know tweet at me. please do not because the people who think they have that answer don't have the answer that i want to hear that's fair yeah it could be it could be useful for rounding them up and reporting them though a sort of bait sure if also will. if you're on twitter at this point don't tweet at me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I say that like I actually use Twitter. <laughs> that being oh, said, tweet heavens. tweet at the podcast account if you feel like it, if it still exists, you know. Engagement <laughs> always helps. But I am yeah, I am I am personally trying to be on that place as little as possible. Um <laughs> anyways. Um So uh I guess the least for me, the last thing is the bit with Eugene and Wit. Right. Well, so I, before Eugene and Wet, we do have to address that Dream Connie show or Dream Connie. Oh, that's a what a party and slip. <laughs> oh, there. Was wait it? a minute! So you are, you're, you're Eugene Connie shipper. I see every uh, every single dream. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that that's not a Eugene and Connie. It's a me and Connie problem. Connie that is red hair, slip. right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And green okay, eyes. Um, yep, but. <laughs> Anyways, the um, uh, Dream Katrina, or as she is later <coughs> referred to in my notes, uh, Dream Trina, uh, wakes Eugene up to tell him it's morning in once again a scene that has so much sexual energy. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, not only was she there when he went to bed, she is now waking him up the next morning. It really has Imagine Ebony, um, oh. a lot of Ruth and Boaz vibes to it. Oh, <laughs> she was I sleeping at his feet yep. overnight. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. what we're going with? I was going to go with uh, like uh, uh, Christmas Carol, like kind of like I'm being haunted okay. by ghosts of the past. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> I, I think the Boaz oh, one's more romantic, but <laughs> I think yeah. the idea of Scrooge being horny for one of the ghosts is funny. <laughs> that's better. Uh, yeah, that's better. But but yeah, and it's just Eugene bemoaning the current state of their relationship to this version of Katrina that he has now accepted as a dream, but is just projecting onto. And he has this, like, brutal line of, like, we should have simply fallen in love and proceeded with marriage. Other couples do it. Why couldn't we? Mm. And the one thing I'll give to the credit of the show at this point is that they are putting obstacles there. Like, they didn't make it that straightforward. And it's, it's when the show is leaning on its more sitcom nature than it's, or soap opera nature, truly, than it's, mm. like, than it's evangelical nature. But, like, obviously, they do wind up getting married, so all of this point is, it, it ends up being moot. But in this moment, there is a nice thing where it's like, you're right, 
the obvious narrative choice here would have been, hey, these two people are in love. We've removed the obstacle of Eugene is not a Christian and Katrina is. Now they're both Christians. Let's just marry them and move on. <laughs> and we do have this, yeah, this moment of in their relationship where they're not together. And it's an interesting thing where it's like they don't get married until, they, like their marriage happens off screen when Will Ryan exits the show. And so it's one of those things where I don't know, it's hard to know what the intention of the writers was, and I never have a good gauge on how big picture they're thinking. Like, were they just in this moment going, okay, the let's throw a wrench in this and we'll see what happens? Or were they going, let's throw a wrench in this so that we can bring them back together later? And make it stronger. I, with the way it winds up going, probably the latter. But I also, I, yeah, I don't want to assume that they're thinking that long term. Yeah, <laughs> that might be too generous. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if, from like a, a didactic children's show perspective, they didn't want to model uh, convert to be with the person that you have a crush on. Um, I mean, that would I'd be which I'd kind be, of is what happened. For sure, for yeah, sure. I, mean, I don't know. It's an evangelical, uh, you know, show. So I would say that you know the first person at, as young as possible that you're with, you should marry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, for sure. That's why I got married at fourteen. It was a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> but yeah, it is. <clears throat> Yeah, it, it is one of those things where it's like, right, was this a responsible decision that they made? It would be cool if it was, but I also feel like converting someone so you can date them is also like the evangelical wet dream, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have to be equally yoked. This is very, this reminds me so much, if you're on our Patreon, not to plug our podcast while we're on your podcast, but if, no, absolutely if you do. join That's our Patreon, uh, this is all the Christian Todd books like they cannot be together until she becomes a christian and then they are finally equally yoked and can then kiss well that's, and there's that's, that's the start of it that they can kiss that's they don't kiss and until then they can get married yeah. those are the two those, that's that's the, nat the natural progression you kiss both them, well, because they're definitely not dating then you kiss then you become married Oh. Well, and, and and they can't they can't really make up their minds, which is why I was wondering if that's what they were going for, trying to avoid. Because yeah, yeah in in those books, which also have a connection to focus on the family, yes. like they can't make Doesn't up their mind. There's a sermon. There's a sermon about not dating people to convert them, mm -hmm. but that is definitely exactly <laughs> the reason that the protagonist converts to Christianity is because she wants to be with the hot surfer mm -hmm. boy. Yeah, like it, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which no, and to yeah. be to be fair, I like Eugene's the moment where Eugene converts is not motivated purely by Katrina. And I do appreciate that decision and maybe that is part of that whole like we gotta hedge this so that we're not preaching a sermon of convert to date. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. But, but they do they do make that make that decision have stakes beyond just this is 
oh, this is something I'm doing for romantic reasons, even if that is kind of the undertone. <laughs> it's a needle, you know. We gotta we gotta yeah. thread that needle carefully. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would just like to say that from from like a popularity standpoint, like if you are the person at youth group that is dating the uh, non-believer and then they become a believer. Like, one, huge status boost for you and all your friends. Like, everybody gets it. Your parents get it. Everybody gets it. And then, two, like, you're kind of better than everybody because you have, like, the best of both worlds of dating a not-Christian that's, like, actually Christian. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally not speaking from personal experience here. Yeah, I was going to say, Andrew, (laughs) any, any, uh... (laughs) Nice. Oh no no! I've never I've I, Dylan's known me a really long time. I I think you can attest that I don't think I've ever dated convert. I don't think that's ever happened. No no I don't I don't think that's ever been quite your move. However, no, no. new believer. Yeah yeah. Well, I do have a bit of a track record with that. <laughs> Let someone else do all the hard work and then just and scoop them up. Evangelistic flirting was. A- <laughs> Go to for middle school Andrew. So, <laughs> oh god, yeah, I was oh. I was truly a. Shit. I mean, if I could <laughs> just go back. And I'm glad that you home. can at least admit that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Here's the thing: is I might have been guilty of it as well. I was just blissfully unaware. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I think I'm. I said in my intro that I started going to evangelical churches because it's where the girls were, uh-huh. right? Yeah, that's how they. That is how they hooked me, and I didn't even, I didn't even get the girl, but they got me leading youth group. They got me being a, uh, you got a, a Bible camp counselor. That yeah, I did, bro. That's good. Yep. <laughs> oh man, the. Uh, so yeah, then the final the final scene is Wit shows up in the woods. He might be like Eugene's convinced he's a mirage, yeah, for quite a, a while point. to the point where he's like willing to say some stuff that he wouldn't necessarily have said before. I just like that they're really leaning into like Eugene is that level of delirious, having tried to spend a weekend on his own in which he spent a decent amount of time with Jack and with brother James, but, like, it was still so solitary that he thinks wit might be in his head. And I have had experiences where I think dreams are reality. I have never had an experience where I thought reality was a dream. Oh, okay. So uh, remember what I said about the dream that you have about a relationship rupture where everything is okay? So I had one of those that was so convincing. I went to high school the next day thinking I was still together with this girl for most of the day. Oh, buddy. (laughs) That's sad. My heart goes out to young It was sad. It was sad. Yep. That was. I mean, it was funny afterwards. It's <laughs> sure. funny now. Yeah, but. yeah, that's a great story to have, but like, oh, it yeah. can't be fun in the moment. Because like, my version of that is like when you dream that you're like half that you like wake up, go to school, you're halfway through the school day, and then you wake up from your dream, and you're like, oh, now I have to do that mm. all over again. But at least that's not like affecting the reality of my day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never have had a dream where everything is okay with a relationship. It's always like 
me and my husband, because my husband's American and I'm Canadian, I, I still, 11, after 11 years of marriage, have dreams where we're having issues with our visa and I can't cross the border or he can't cross the border. So we're trying to figure out if we're breaking up or what's happening. It's never okay in my dream. Uh, <laughs> I, but I think, not to, not to you know, be, be amateur dream analysis over here, but... I imagine that if you're dreaming about bad stuff going on with your relationship, that means your relationship's probably going really good. Right. Because yeah. I only have dreams about good stuff <laughs> when my relationship is tanking hard. Okay, okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh. I, that was good, I like yeah. that. Well done, Freud. Uh, and so, yeah, uh... Then Eugene, uh, yeah, just expresses to Wit that he would hate to see Wit go on his, like, travels across the world. He just got back. He wants, you know, Wit to be his mentor. He sees him as a spiritual father. And we go out on them praying together, which has never happened before, apparently. Yeah, when they said, I don't think we've ever actually prayed together before. I'm like, are you serious? You guys have never prayed together before. Yeah, I mean, like, you have the whole thing where, like, Wit is in the Middle East when Eugene becomes a Christian. But I'm also like, there's gotta be, I don't know, like, when Eugene experiences hell, Wit's still around for that. Do they not pray together? I don't know if I remember that. No, is it, Wit's not around for that. No, Wit's, Wit's around for the mortal coil. He's not around for Doesn't... Eugene's conversion. Oh. Because the moral yeah. coil is Wit's program. Yeah. And Wit goes to heaven and Eugene goes to hell. Oh it's an gosh. imagination station. If you haven't heard it, you have saved yourself from so much trauma growing up. Um, and now you can subject yourself to that, you know, in your adult life with fresh eyes. <laughs> That was such a disappointment, man. I think I mentioned this to you in the in the email because I yeah I was re researching trying to remember things. Eugene's conversion was such a disappointment for me growing up because like I was a knowledge hungry young kid. I resonated with Eugene a lot. Uh, I resonated with Eugene a lot, <laughs> uh-huh. and 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 I had questions. Like I I always had questions, and you know I could see the writing on the wall. Obviously, this Eugene character is going to convert uh, at some point in this show, and maybe I will have some questions answered. But instead, he basically goes it. He does it because he is at an emotional nadir. He's told that he can't help because he's not a Christian. He wants to date a girl. And he went through a torture program experiencing hell, basically being brainwashed. So none of his intellectual objections ever get confronted or resolved. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and and it felt, it, I felt cheated, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Rightfully so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that that's just bad writing. And I think it's... Skirting uh, a complicated topic, so I can understand why you wouldn't want to talk about it to kids. But I also think that it's important for kids to know why they believe what they believe, and kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for, as far as being able to understand complicated abstract concepts. <laughs> and it it felt so cheap because they introduced this. Oh, here's an intellectual foil who's not a believer, and yep. then they kind of 
skip past the part where they convince him to now the intellectual foil who wasn't a believer is a believer because our faith is so rational and strong and it's like you you didn't actually do it you didn't do it yeah yeah and it's all it's all about seeing what the people around him are doing which is a more like it's a more reasonable thing to be like, oh, I am drawn to this because I see the people around me gain benefit from this. But it is also a less satisfying sure. thing. If, especially if you're coming as it, if you're coming at it as a kid with questions, and he's the one character who gets to ask questions. Yeah. Oh man. Oh my heavens. Well, the I think I. Oh, I'm sorry. Go for oh. it, Dylan. Well, I was just going to say, because apparently my job this episode is just beating drums for the tiny moments of, like, actual appreciation I have for this episode. They're apparently there, and I need to draw attention to them. So we do have the thing where Eugene, Bernard, and Jason have sent Wit to the monastery to stop Eugene from becoming a monk. Which is, once again crazy but eugene comes to that conclusion on his own and expresses it to brother james before wit arrives and i do appreciate that that Mm. it's not a thing where wit rushes into the scene and is like hey i'm here i'm wit let me speak some wisdom into your life that it is a journey that eugene is allowed to do on his own that they don't undercut the whole title of the episode being solitary refinement by having someone external to Eugene give him the answers when Mm. it seems like that is the obvious road that they would take. And I think if it was Lawler and not McCusker or something like that, like very easily could have been that. Or maybe that's how Arnold had written it originally and McCusker changed it. Arnold wanted him to stay a monk. So... (laughs) And it's also a very sweet character moment because Wit is not swooping in as the uh, teacher figure who figures it out for him. Instead, they actually get to share this. Like, it's still a a, a, a mentor-student moment, but it's an emotional mentor-student mm. moment Great. Uh, instead of being just abstract teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man that is uh yeah that that is the end of my notes i feel like we've really run the gamut here but if anyone has stray observations closing notes something that they didn't get to say that they really feel like they've got to and i've got a, i've got mitch freaking out so hit me with that <laughs> sorry there was one thing that i forgot uh when when jason is trying to talk to his father he sounds like he belongs in it i'm sorry i know that he has to be the sexy nsa spy but he sounds like he should be in a different show (laughs) sounds like he's doing he's doing voice work for a tom clancy Mm, very uh, much so novel read along he's like when are you going to have time to make your decision the board is still waiting for your answers. This isn't the sound of a son concerned about his father talking no. to him. This is like Jack Ryan justifying torture on a brown person. <laughs> you know? Like... <laughs> yeah. No, very, very fair. Uh, I do, yeah. Townsend Coleman is such a... He's such a strong voice actor. Mm-hmm. and like Oh, it's strong! And they bring him in 
to be spy guy, but now we're in this transition where it's like, the spy stuff is gone, Dr. Regis Blackard has been vanquished, what are we going to do with this guy? And it's just like, he's gonna give advice to his father, but in the exact same tone. <laughs> yeah. Makes perfect sense. Uh, that's oh good. yeah, I don't. I don't think that I have any uh, major observations that I didn't already touch on. Um, yeah, I have one uh, last thing. It's my fault. Just a random thing. When he's talking to uh, the the brother James or whatever his name is, he's like, "It often mm-hmm. takes days for, or usually takes days for people to uh, be cleansed for God to get all the rubbish out, so he can work in a more oh. pure environment." I just, in my notes, I just wrote mm. off because like, <laughs> that's just like the insidious purity culture Amen. in every crack and crevice of evangelicalism, evangelicalism that I, you know, took to heart, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And so I'm awful. always thinking I was dirty and gross, even though I was like, I was like the quintessential good Christian girl my whole life I always thought I was dirty and bad and now looking back it breaks my heart to think that I was ever thought Mm. that because I cannot imagine I have two young kids I cannot imagine teaching them from the time they're little by the way you're a dirty sinner like Mm -hmm. like telling these sweet thank goodness Jesus jumped in front of God's bullet for you yeah right like so that's just one thing that stuck out to me that insidious purity culture just floating around in every every area yeah that is i'm so glad you hit on it because that is a that line there's just so much of this episode is about of my like frustrations with this episode are summed up in that because it comes on the heels of eugene explaining that he had a dream to brother james and being like oh yeah it normally takes a while for you to get to the state where you could have a dream like that and i'm like this sounds so like traumatic Mm -hmm. (laughs) like oh man an ayahuasca ceremony if you will (laughs) hey i mean i I, i'd listen to that episode of odyssey that would be that would be an incredible episode that is what the imagination station is for. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, why don't we have an ego death program? I mean, that's kind of mortal coil, but not quite. That no, that one's just death. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you once again for being willing to come on this show. Um, it was a blast getting to have the two of you here. Um, what would you? Uh, what do? You, what do you have to promote? You know, that's that's the transaction that podcasts do. <laughs> is you agree to come on this thing, and then I give you time at the end to talk about your thing. So have at it. Go for it, Mitch. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, our show is Adventures in Ideology. Uh, our main content is examining. Uh, particularly early episodes of Adventures in Odyssey uh, through a deconstruction lens. Uh, the core team of our show uh, grew up like very deep in the culture, uh, as, and I'm there as kind of the uh, sidebar who collided with it in high school. <laughs> um, and 
we also have a uh, Patreon where we talk about similar uh, non-Adventures in Odyssey, but still often focus on the family or just personal topics through a similar uh, critical lens. Uh, we do examinations of uh, the Christy Miller uh, Harlequin romance novels, but for chaste young women. Uh, books which are amazing they are a trip i, I um, and you know maybe i need to dive into that because that is that's one of those things that as a as a young christian man i was never exposed to i i got to read ted decker horror novels instead you know i learned so much <laughs> about what went wrong in my dating career in high school oh, because sure. i got to see what was being taught from the other side Oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, we are we are currently uh, on hiatus, uh, but still active. We have a, a patrons-only Discord that we still nice. uh, talk about things in. We have a tight little community. Uh, I'm not sure. Ex okay, so don't quote me on this if you lose money, but you can probably join our Patreon, which is not billing right now <laughs> while we're on break, yeah. and take a sample or just download everything. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> see what you think uh, you can find us at ideology podcast on instagram and i think maybe still twitter but why <laughs> uh, and uh on our website adventures in ideology.ca um Ooh, is there anything i'm missing Lindsay? yes and we are canadian <laughs> um no i think you hit everything sounded good to me all right Cool. Well, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute delight. Um, and with all that being said, we will be back next week with episode 367, The Decision. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.